Yeah. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast. Teach you lesson cause I got class. Level line with the impact. You be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Welcome to the Lebu Lion Show, the biggest marketing, entrepreneurship, and mindset show on the African continent. Today's guest is someone who I'm really excited for you guys to meet because she's making waves on a global perspective, on a global massive, you know, if you if you think as big as you can, she's there. Working with people who you're admiring every single day on Instagram, on television, and she's just a powerhouse, like all of our guests from our previous shows. So without further ado, let's get into this. We do mellow. Hello. Hi, welcome <laughs> to the Label Lion Show. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. Are I'm you good. really good? Everyone always says that. How are I'm you? Good. And they say, I'm good. <laughs> but are you really good? Keeping it going, I'm grateful more than anything to be alive, to be where I am today, based on like the circumstances of everything that's been happening. Mm. I mean, like 2021 was like absolutely amazing for me within the process of the hardships and yes. transitioning into COVID. But I did feel like 2021 caught up with just COVID and losing people and trying mm. to keep balance and so forth. So within all of that, I still keep soaring. I still keep rising. So I am doing great. That's you. beautiful. You know, I think a lot of people are afraid to say that the disruption that COVID caused and the disruption that lockdown caused actually helped them just pivot their lives and lean into their greatness and lean into their calling, you know? And I've seen that on your page that you're just like literally soaring and your resume, like I said before, is so impressive guys. Like yo, when, when you get to know Widumelo in this conversation, you're going to be like, I want to be her friend because <laughs> homegirl is just in places. But before we go into that on this show, we like to ask our guests who they are. So Widumelo, who are you? Tell us, tell everyone, who is Widumelo? So, as you know, my name is Widumelo Ramezi. I am a body positive philanthropist. I am a qualified digital brand strategist. I am a model. I am influential in the work in the work that I do and how I live. Mm. Um, I'm a mother, daughter, sister just the girl (laughs) (laughs) i am just the girl you know you said something i think it's a bit of a a, a trigger word for a few people body positive you know i've i've been to a lot of events sat with a lot of people and they all have something to say about body positivity whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is it endorsing unhealthy lifestyles you know there, there are a lot of crazy things that people are saying can you tell us and educate us on what body positivity really is. So, like all things, I think phrases and boxes are ever evolving, mm. um, which they should be, but people always just try to keep a certain idea of something. Mm. But body positivity obviously started out as being a plus size model and you're trying to be positive about it. Like mm. that's how it generally just started out. And in the process and evolution of my growth i learned to understand what body positivity really is Mm. um and i say this because i also just feel like in the growth and experiences i've had some were very unexpected like my skin changing 
but growing up i've always been big bones tall girl you know and i just wasn't bullied because of the energy and the kind of person that i am mm. um but i grew up in that space and i had some insecurities or just ideologies of what beauty was was obviously the complete opposite of what i am mm. being a girl that is tall that is a big girl and 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 so coming out of school high school primary school high school um that phase of body positivity started out and it was great and all but i just started experiencing other changes being my skin being more evident in the changes that i had because mm. when it started out it was like just under my armpit you couldn't see it it was really small spots mm. that a lot of people do have but they aren't as progressive so when it started progressively changing that way i had to now deal with another condition or just living in a way that i didn't know anything about mm. and it it just sucked it sucked <laughs> i was just like how how is this happening when now people like me are being celebrated being big girls and you know we're being welcomed like the tyra bank show we've got you know mm. top model we've got it's someone cool who's, you know it's, it's cool great now. but yeah. now what's happening with me why couldn't i get pimples like everyone else mm. why is this happening to me and I came to accepting it at some point mm. and evolving to being the person that I am and being self-aware and choosing that this is my life now. And now I need to celebrate it the way I believe I should. And in doing that, things started changing for me and the way I was perceived was in the way which I saw myself. Mm. And then in that space, that's when I just realized that, um, okay, there's something there. And I started seeing myself as a vitiligo spokesmodel mm. in south africa because there really isn't anyone and at that point it was like oh so who is this person and who appointed you first of all like for instance like the first person that asked me that was bright <laughs> brighton yema like <laughs> so how did this happen like you know how did you become a spokesmodel and i was like i decided yes. that that's what i'm doing now because yes. Who really is there to appoint me as mm. a spokesmodel in South Africa? Nobody has that authority except yes. myself. Yes. And so in that process, I started realizing as well, like it's as you go, you know. So in that process of me establishing myself as that, I got a lot of DMs and messages about, hey, how are you? I really look up to you. I really appreciate what you're doing. And believe it or not, this was coming from people that didn't have vitiligo. Mm. It was someone with burn marks or acne or eczema anything of that matter and for me that process was me realizing that body positivity is not about the specific thing you're experiencing but it's about a human being being able to embrace and celebrate another person's embodiment for who and what they are and what they present themselves to be at that time mm. it has nothing to do with what makes you differently well you look a lot like you know mm. like snatched girls and you look so perfect and you're like it has nothing to do with that it's like i'm here acknowledging and seeing your godliness and your goddessness for who you are and what you present yourself to be at that mm. very moment and celebrating it and not trying to box you or have you in some sort of idea it's really about celebrating every certain type of body and not trying to create an idea for people to feel like they want to have a specific thing because they don't feel different. Mm, I love how you put that. And I haven't, I haven't been able to see body positivity that way until you said what you said in saying that it's how we choose to see others. And it's not necessarily about me, but it's about how as society, we choose to see other people and acknowledging the humanness 
in them. Mm-hmm. So you know, because you've experienced so much from having vitiglio, from you know being a plus size model, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know what it's like to be seen as other, right? So the first time the doctor said, you have vitiglio, what did you say? Like, how did you feel? What was going through your mind? Was it already very evident? What was going so, on? So the very first time I went to the doctor about my skin, I was about 12. I don't really remember what they called it at the time, but mm. they had something for it, which was like creams and ointments. It was a mother and child hospital in Johannesburg. And I went there and they gave me these creams and ugh, it was just like too much work. Mm. Like at night, just put the cream on and, 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 and it really didn't affect me to that extent that I really had to do it. So I did it for a bit. I mean, I had this small patch on my stomach, like the size of a five rand coin. And it did start spotting a bit and covering up, but that was really it. There was nothing else to it. And closer to matric, that's when I started spotting a bit on my face. And it was just like, hey, what's happening? And my lips as well. And I was just like, okay, something's happening, but mm. I don't know. We'll just have to see how it goes. And in the beginning stages, like my first year of varsity and I was driving, my skin just started changing a bit more vigorously. And I questioned it. I was just like, what is going on? And I just started Googling it. And I was just seeing like the worst things. I was just like, oh my God, what is happening? It's either going to start spreading at the age of 20, which was me at that time, like around that time. And if it doesn't, it's going to happen at the age of 40. Mm. Um, And they just explain a bit more in detail, like it's, you know, an autoimmune disease and this and that. And it's, you know, it's, they just explain it further and it just, I just couldn't stand it. And I printed it and went home and just threw the papers at my mom, like, what you the do the papers this? at your mom. <laughs> what is this? You know, <laughs> how am I supposed to live my life? How yeah. am I supposed to have children? What is the point of going forward and further with this happening to me? Because mm-hmm. I can't deal with it. How would I expect to recreate and have a child risking that they would have the same skin condition? Nobody's talking about it. And it's being questioned, like, what is, what's happening? Are you, did you get burnt? Did you experience this? Did you experience that? Like, it's a lot. So, yeah. How, how is someone supposed to speak to someone who is experiencing vitiligo? Like, vitiglio. I, I keep getting this word wrong. I've vitiligo. been practicing it. Vitiligo. <laughs> yes. I've been getting this word wrong. So, it's like, it gives me anxiety because I want to say it right. But it's just a name. It's just another word. <laughs> one of those things that you're just it's like, you those. can't keep it in a box. It's a name that was given to skin condition. Like, okay. Yeah. Vitiligo. <laughs> Vitiligo. So how do I approach you? You know, if I'm somebody who's curious and I want to know, how do I say it correctly? How do I approach you? Huh. That is a very tricky question. Um, so I'll answer it this way. For instance, I have a doll that I have with me. Mm. I think the reason why I say it's tricky is because like they really, it sounds like there really is no nice way of opening up the mm. conversation without being offensive about it. Mm. And so for me, I had decided to just walk around more with this doll that I have, a gift that I received from Swatley Collection. And people love it. And I loved how they're open to engaging more when I have the doll. So if I am open to just having the conversation and having a fun day and being out, talking to kids, I'll definitely have the doll. Not even just kids, like even grown-ups, because they're so fascinated by seeing something so different and, you know, me being represented. 
having that they don't even know about mm. me you know it's usually expected to be the other way around once there's enough people and there's at least a good number of people then we can create some sort of representation mm. but it comes off as bizarre because it's very unique and different and there are a lot of people that have it but the percentage is so little for you to just be like okay well let's just actually work on something that's massive and mm. representation for such a small number of people yeah so for me walking around with the doll definitely opens up a conversation where people are like oh my god that is so cool your doll is so beautiful tell can you tell me more about it or can you tell me about yourself they want to know something and i gladly open the conversation say this is my doll her name you know and tell them about vitiligo and etc etc and they want to get the doll mm. so for them i think it's a very ed educational process because then you know it leaves a beautiful image in their mind of my identity and how I look because I mean if even if someone else has vitiligo they still do not look like me mm. we do not look the same yes but I have represented the idea as in beautiful from your first interaction with it so at least the conversation will be carried on in a more fluent way and more affectionate way as opposed to it being tricky yeah yeah so it for other people without the doll I think it would be polite to say well, you look beautiful or you look different. You don't have to lie to someone if you don't find it beautiful. You look so different. Mm. Can you tell me a little bit more about your skin and why you look that way? Or are you not comfortable with it? Because not everybody's comfortable with it. Mm. Even if they may not be covering it up with makeup, it doesn't mean that they are comfortable to talk about it. And I've also reached the point of accepting that as well. I love that. That's actually such a smart way to get people to talk about something they're uncomfortable addressing, you know. The doll is a very smart idea. <laughs> As somebody who's in the marketing and branding space, you know, and you know the trend right now. We keep saying representation matters. We want to represent all kinds of people in campaigns. Do you think that we are truly being representative as brands and marketers? And why does representation matter? So representation matters in the sense that I need to be able to walk out into the world and go on with life knowing that I am seen, mm. I am represented, you know, I'm acknowledged for my existence and not that a certain type or group of people only are always put forward and always worked around with to accommodate. So... In terms of answering that question, and it's important to have that representation. And if brands are doing enough, I'm not sure. I'll be on a 50-50 with that. <laughs> Reason being is that I feel like they're on the first step or in the verge of being that representation that they would like to be. Mm. But right now, it really is about the clout. It really is about them fitting in and being able to be seen as they're representing others too and they're mm. not you know excluding others as well um so for instance how i think they'd be more inclusive and showing that they are is by creating products that are for that group of people or certain type of person mm -hmm. you know it's like it needs to have legs you can't just have the face there and then we're all just using this hydrating face mask what does that hydrating face mask do for me as a person with vitiligo? What do I need? What are my needs for that? And I actually have not come across a brand that would say that they specifically cater for the skin type because I am different at the end of the day. As much as we're selling, what makes us different is what makes us one. We mm. are united like that. And 
I don't feel catered for. I just feel represented. You can see me and I'm there and they're like, hey, you know, what products would I be using? But I have never been asked, okay, what are the concerns that I have about my skin? What could I be doing more? I mean, the solutions are there. They'll tell you the doctors are there. They've got the creams, the ointments for it. But which brand is actually collaborating with a doctor or anybody that is, you know, within that skin demological space being that we're formulating this product that is specifically for you. So I guess obviously that leaves open space and room for me to be creating that brand because I mean if something is not being done I myself can do it so absolutely representation does need legs Mm -hmm. inclusivity is also about providing solutions Mm -hmm. it's not just about campaigns I think you've put that perfectly you know and it's it's very interesting because when I sit with people just regular people right and they see someone like you plus size someone who's extremely dark skin or whatever the other might be for people right they'll always say ah but this is just clickbait right how do you make sure that a brand isn't using you for clickbait but that you do get the message across and how can other girls who might be seeing you and going okay i also feel like i fit into this box of being a minority brands want to work with me how do i choose it's really about knowing your worth and self-awareness because i mean they'll always be there there's a lot of brands out there that want to create a certain look a certain identity it's really about what you stand for as a brand yourself and you can't lie to yourself you know um it's something that you would have to live with you can talk about how this is what i'm about and this is where i want to be but then subconsciously you have this idea of being popular and reaching a certain type of target markets and a number of people so you're not really being that truthful so the the truth always comes out and mm-hmm. it'll reveal itself in the choices that you make the brands that you keep working with um it just comes out even with another person working with a brand so if i happen to work with a brand that you may not have declined but i know how you truly feel about it mm-hmm. you know the truth comes out there and i may be the one person that figures out but there's probably like a percentage of people that can pick it up with how you deliver it because of the choice that you made but it's really about you being honest with yourself and knowing that you're not going to sell yourself short just because you want to be seen by a large number of people it's really about what your purest and truest intentions are that help you guide your decision making process that's perfect (laughs) like literally that's that's a perfect answer you do have to trust yourself and you have to know yourself and i think that self-knowledge element is so underrated Mm -hmm. within the influence community because what we see can almost come across like if you're like everyone then you will succeed but if you're not then you won't you know but it's actually the opposite if you stand for something Mm -hmm. you might be like we do mellow and start working with savage fenty (laughs) what (laughs) yes tell us about that (laughs) savage x i r l yes in real life mm. that's what savage x irl is okay so, um i don't know you want to hear it about it from the tell beginning us. Huh? Want to know what you want to tell us because that's pretty dope <laughs> yes it is actually um it was also a process to just happen in my mind like okay this is really happening um so i basically live my life in the notion of i should be able to be successful with the skills that i'm born with you know, and which is what led me to leaving my job. Like, 
just thinking about like how did they do it way back then you know there's just no way i feel like every human being on earth is born with the skills to be successful without having to work for anybody else or be within the slavery system of just like i'm going to work nine to five (laughs) and there's really nothing wrong with that but just being able to be open to being anywhere and being whatever it is that you choose to be and also trusting the universe to guide that so me stepping out of that workspace nine to five and just trusting that me making room for things that i actually do want to do will allow them to come i can't expect to be working with savage fenty and other brands when i have at least 10 hours of my life dedicated to someone else's work you know so that experience was great. I got a DM from them and you know, it just flashed before my <laughs> eyes. And then the notification went right back up and I was like, wait a minute, I'll go online later. And I viewed that and it was just exactly what I'm saying now that, hey, we truly love your work and would love to work with you, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, wow, this is great. And dropped an email and then the conversation built on from there. Um, and it was kind of tricky at the time because COVID had just started getting stuff internationally was almost impossible um which it almost felt like it so i just kept it to myself for a really long time because i was just like i don't want to jinx this oh my gosh you know am i going to get this product am i going to be able to work because it's not like i can travel Mm. so receiving the product was just like the greatest thing for me like the magnitude of it was just amazing Mm. and the process in itself um and just talking about it on its own was just like the intention behind it was really great and just doing my research and understanding the brand better i loved it even more you know because it really isn't just about who is the hottest influencer that that is out there right now Mm -hmm. but it really is about who is a savage in real life? Like, how are you out here (laughs) effing shit up? Because, you know, it's you being you. Are you afraid to be yourself Mm. or are you daring enough to be the truest version of yourself? Mm. Um, And that in itself inspired me to create content for them that is beyond just being in lingerie and sitting there. And... It was inspiring. It was inspiring enough for me to be able to do that. And I did just that. Um, The first set I worked with Brandon. Um, He's a photographer in Joburg as well. Really, really good. And it was just conceptually amazing. I worked with Swirl Stylist, who's an amazing photographer as well. And Garabo R, who did amazing work Mm -hmm. on the set. It was just about building the idea in which we want to create and it was just like i'm a goddess i'm amazing i'm all about that water i'm about a lot of things and i wanted to encapsulate that within the shoots in itself and also just celebrating my body for what it is and also the pieces hot Hot, hot like a heater for real (laughs) amazing wow this is intense and like it was so tricky like how do you deliver something like that without just making it look raunchy Mm. and actually just getting that message across and that was it for me and doing that work was just like so incredible and so mind-blowing and um what i love with working with different photographers is me being able to see myself through someone else's eyes Mm. um and not having control over how something is visually 
you know, articulate it. Because, you know, with a selfie camera or you're shooting with friends, two minutes, two minutes, ah, let me see that photo. Mm. Ah, delete. I don't look fine there. But like with a photographer, you I really, I need to trust you and I need to trust myself. Mm. I need to be comfortable with myself. And that process in itself helps me see myself better. I'm able mm. to see how my body's been changing. I'm able to just appreciate it for what it actually is and even those flaws i'm able to see them and appreciate them and change that from being a flaw to something that is a story about my body whether it's that stretch mark or my belly button looking a certain way or that cellulite it was just like this is my embodiment and just like i said in the intro like just seeing someone as the highest embodiment of god consciousness this is an expression of god right now so how do you see it how do you see yourself and I have to learn and teach myself that within the process of me living and the things that I do on a daily basis. Mm. So that shoot in itself was that for me and seeing my body for what it was. Because like that photographer, he really goes in when it comes to lighting. <laughs> lighting, Yazini, you're going to see yourself in all ways. Like mm. the, the detail in it was just amazing and you know just zoom, like i had to do even the reels that i had created was just like zooming into like the drop of water that is on my thigh amazing my skin popping like that amazing and within that i learned to grow and experience myself and then the next step was again shooting with trevor sturman mm-hmm. amazing it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so so amazing i Putting that together again, creating that content was just like mind blowing. It was an experience. It was, it definitely pulled out of my pocket as well because I wanted to drop it like that. I wanted to have it look a certain way. And Mm. when you really want to create something that is extremely impactful, that has attention to detail, you have to put in the work yourself even if you're working with a group and a team and they've got their things together but you have the entire concept in mind of how you want this to be done Mm. so that in itself was incredibly amazing um shot it like on christmas eve believe it or not i know right crazy i was incredibly honored by that in itself that everything has come together i have a team of people set designer makeup artists you know an incredible globally acclaimed photographer who is there on the eve of his birthday you know that for me is just amazing you know and mind-blowing because that's what i mean by that the experience in everything for me is everything within creating the content and collaborating with each other that in a time like this we can come together and you put in all your hard work and effort into that and creating that in itself and involving my son in it was amazing and working with Bidu as well their work incredible so for me it was very much about also showcasing what our people here have Mm. to offer like having Bidu doing Savage Fenty and having Trevor Sturman being Savage Fenty having Swirl Stylist who is also like a lookalike of Rohana yeah (laughs) yes literally exactly that and just having them be there and do something and put in their piece of work Mm. and we're putting it out to the rest of the world was just something that is incredible for me and that experience on its own is something that you know, like, for instance, the question would be, like, how would Rahana, how would you bring Africa to Savage Fenty? How mm. would you deliver something that is amazing to them and show them what we Africans and South Africans can do? It's not 
how are they doing it there and what are they doing and what is their concept it had nothing to do with that but mainly just bringing my truest and most authentic self and story to that you know i love what you spoke about there you touched on collaboration you touched on being a global citizen and what i want to know from you and i think our guests really need to know is is it an is it an impediment my gosh my english is it an impediment to be an african person uh does it stop you from being a global player do yeah. i have to change my accent do i have to wear a weave do i have to look like anything other than other than african in the in the typical sense of what african is to be able to play on a global stage if anything it's the best thing mm. to be like if you are african and south african and you have your unique identity stapled within yourself rooted inside of you it's really important for you to explore and bring that out so that you can be seen so you can be celebrated for mm. the person that you are um i think yeah growing up i definitely aspired to be american <laughs> I, I what really does that mean like sound it look it what what about it did you want things. to be um i think my perception of the american identity is creativity mm. production value and being a star that's what it is and growing up it obviously came off as having to either have the accent or you know what is it about you that makes you stand out and you know you just feel like oh i really wish that and you have you know the hair going on and you know being american was the accent growing up and yeah. then just being in the space of being in a multiracial school and speaking english all the time was just the thing and <laughs> oh my goodness and <laughs> you know and so you funny. Know, coconuts. I never that was a thing really and yeah. being you just a coconut and 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 but i aspire to be american but i really enjoyed being myself but the closest thing to being american is going overseas mm. for whatever reason it is so it's the american dream going to hollywood um and now i am definitely in a completely different space mm. where i am celebrating my identity for what it is it's not even shameful at all but coming from here is the best thing ever where you know you bring such a multi multiple diverse <laughs> you know like you know multiple streams of diversity yeah. diversity in just like what you do with the language you speak we yeah. speak so many different languages and your culture and and you know just many layers of things and i think it's so important to celebrate and be all of that right now because my perception of the american identity now has changed as well because i see them trying to come back home mm. to africa and being rooted in their identity they strive and really aspire to be like us yet we're trying to be like them mm. but their aspiration is to get closer to who they are who they're about what they're about and we have that here at home except we are shamed we shame each other 
for it that you're too dark and you're from Limpopo and you're this and you're that. But yet you should be celebrating that and bringing more out of that in yourself, mm. you know. And you see it in all things. You see it in music videos. You see it in conceptual ideas that they come up with. You see it in campaigns. Ca- also, everything, everything adds, you know. They create. Exactly. And for you to reach a global scale, it's really important for you to you know, just uniquely define yourself and be seen in the light that you want to be seen in. Mm. And that in itself can bring on international collaboration. Why would someone want to collaborate with something that is similar to themselves and how they are already doing things? They want to see different. They want to celebrate different. So that is what I tell a lot of people that want to model or I even created a live stream at some points because, you know, people only see you as that once you've worked with a brand mm, what you yeah. say rihanna and yeah you go, well, oh yeah no uh, you're amazing. definitely a model yeah, yeah. You are a model. <laughs> and it's like what i've been doing this you know mm. mr price seeing me on a window then it makes me a model how do you work with mr price and the answer remains the same you need to work on yourself you need to define yourself you need to show people who you are and how you want to po- be portrayed and be seen and then they collaborate and work with that it's not the same anymore whereas they just fish out a whole idea of this is what we want to see and people that are this size that are this tall and look like that now it's a bit more in-depth brands want to shoot a commercial about someone who is gay that is really gay Mm. you know not that you can act gay (laughs) and you know you have the skill that's lovely that you have the skill to you know change and conform in different ways but They'd love to have someone who is living their life truly and authentically, which shows that their brand is also true and authentic in what they're they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want me to be drinking this water and it's about people that are different, that are body representation and, 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 then it's better to have, it's not just to have someone who has vitiligo because there are people that are vitiligo, Mm -hmm. but have they established themselves? Have they created a story behind who they are and what they're about, you know, what how how much further can a consumer take that conversation when they look into who that person is that they've decided should be there mm. that's an interesting point of view uh for me what you're saying because we both in the marketing industry we understand how campaigns are created we understand what goes behind creating a brand whether it's Matosa by la duma or tepo jeans or whatever the case may be but then we're also both people who are on Instagram and on social media mm-hmm. and we work with brands as well, you know, and the landscape there for me personally doesn't reiterate what you are saying, you know? So what you're finding is that South African brands, especially, yes, I am saying South African brands. I'm just going to put it out there. Especially what I'm seeing is that they tend to collaborate with people who showcase that, american girl that you're speaking about or Mm -hmm. who showcase the brands that don't speak to our continent and our creatives and our people or even when they work with those creatives they ask those creatives to be about non-uniquely african things you Mm -hmm. know and i'm not saying south africans and africans can't have gucci bags and louis v belts etc etc but i'm saying if we're creating campaigns and products and ads that are supposed to showcase our continent because it's so valuable why do we represent those brands as well in that messaging why do we do that why do we do that why do you why do you think we're doing that because we're both in the industry so we're Mm -hmm. both we're also accountable to that why is that a culture 
why are those the people with a hundred thousand followers very quickly why are those the people with like hectic brand endorsements every two seconds i think it's mostly because it's really hard to snap out of the boxed idea and representation of what an influencer is or someone who is influential Mm. um, or who has a certain aesthetic. So because of that, if they can't reach a person who has that aesthetic and that look, but you have that similar look and the person you have less followers, they'll try reach you and then still try box you in a way to deliver your content similarly to what they would have wanted from another person Mm. with, you know what I mean? And that is tricky and it's really hard to get out of, but it's not so hard if you know who you are and what you're about Mm. and you can gracefully decline that. Unfortunately, I will not be doing this because I do not work like that or I don't do this or that is not generally my aesthetic because that is not true to my identity. It really is about me creating something that is authentic to who I am and what I'm about. Um, which is very tricky because, I mean, when you work with a brand, your content needs to be approved. They need to overlook it. And then you look at that and this. And it can get so daunting because they can literally wash you down. Yes. <laughs> wash the whole idea down and be like, no, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Don't do this, do that. And I'm that person that's just about like go with the flow. And whatever brand I happen to be working with, I'd love to do whatever it is that I'd be happening to be doing at that time. So whether it's like part of an art conceptual thing, I can incorporate it with that brand. That's what collaboration is for me. It's like just the truth in my life and what I'm doing right now. If I'm painting, if I'm creating bags and then I happen to work with ponds and I'm just like, oh, it's a stressful day. You know, you come up with that concept entirely. Like, how would I use this product or why would I be using this on a normal day? Mm. But then they could probably have an idea of, we just want a bathroom aesthetic (laughs) where you're looking into the mirror or whatever it is and you're thinking to yourself, but I don't do that. Mm -hmm. And when I am doing that, I'm definitely wearing a bonnet. Yeah. And this thing that (laughs) looks like that. And it's, you know, (laughs) you know, those types of things. And we're losing all of that Mm. and just being true and honest to yourself that this is what I'd rather be doing. I mean, like one of the greatest campaigns that I did, which was fun. And I also experienced like, no, can you cut this out? And then you need to be able to fight back. Mm. You need to be willing to lose the money if they're not going to work with you or even be able to collaborate with you because i think brands lose that part they think the collaboration is the money part Mm. and it isn't it's the creation part so i created this and you've supported me in giving me the certain product and i'm collaborating it and incorporating it into my daily living and my lifestyle and this is how i would do that so one fun thing that i did campaign that i did was with Gillette Venus and at the time I was also just collaborating with an artist who was collaborating with a photographer Mm. and it was really about what the question was put a post about what body representation is to you or what body positivity is and I wanted to artistically articulate that and this artist was basically doing body art and you had to be completely naked you paint your body and the colors that you choose and obviously however you choose to express yourself and then you basically reprint that on paper and the photographer also gets snaps so it's like so many different levels of this artistic expression so from first of all me being able to stand naked in front of a man and know that i'm not seeing in a sexually desirable way 
but in a respected manner where he's seeing my body as art and being able to recreate something and know how I'm going to also represent it to the rest of the people because this is something big. You know, it's it's a big deal. Mm. So that nudity, but it's seen in an artistic way, can come across as too much because a brand does not expect you to be doing that. They just want you to put a static image out and say, Shaving my legs with yes. Gillette. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> guys, I shaved my legs. You know, now I'm going to exactly. a picnic. And like, they were, they actually gave me the room to be able to create. And I did exactly that. And I was like, this is what I'm about. And mm. this is what I created. And this is how I feel. Mm. And I also, it's not about pushing and forcing. You don't force boundaries. You can push boundaries and have that conversation. Be like, this is what I want to do. And remember, this is a collaboration. But it can also reach a point where they feel like you're not doing what we want. We probably won't even work with you again. Mm -hmm. And you should be okay with that. You know, the minute you say no, you know, you are allowing and validating your opinion because you value it. It's not about you saying yes just to keep the peace and you're like, okay, let me go on and just do it anyway. Because you're not just setting that precedent for your experience but you're doing it for the rest of the people that are coming after you and you're ruining something i love what you said there when you said brands think that collaboration is the money right but that's just the exchange the collaboration is the working together i want to divert a little bit from this conversation and go into how you transitioned from being a nine-to-five worker and employees you know somebody who's in the system mm -hmm. and somebody who decided no I'm going on my own and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. How did you transition from that? And what advice would you give people who are thinking of doing that? Sure. So basically when I started at this nine to five, it was in the beginning phases even of this influential transition. So basically I got out of varsity and I was learning about traditional marketing, billboard, media spaces, the costs, how you do things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> And then started working in media agencies and realizing you need to have some thick skin to oh. be in that space. I did a lot of crying. Thick skin is, is it's not even thick. You need to be like made of like stone. You need to king. Yeah. It was a lot. And I stepped out of that and I was like, um, no, this is, I worked at Ogilvy and Matha. Mm. And it was great. I mean, like with the personality I have, how I got the job, I walked right in. I was like, I'm looking for a job. Mm. They're just like, oh no. Like the HR lady was like, ah, oh, that sucks. And we just closed, you know, like, you know, applications, et cetera, et cetera. But just send your CV in any case. And I did. And within like two days after that, got the job. It was wow. just like, actually, you know, your presence and you being there was just so infectious. I couldn't mm. stop thinking about you. I think we should put you on and just come through. And it was a year's experience and it was, amazing within the tears and just understanding <laughs> where we are in this life thing like what so this is what i went to school for mm. great and i was like that salary is not ten thousand rands it ain't it's this not is. ten thousand rands <laughs> if you are trying to study marketing you are integrated anything brand you're not even gonna ten thousand mm -mm. that's a dream just letting you guys know and you're out here yeah so i did that and then i left and i was like actually i'm gonna do my own thing i don't know what this is about and that's how my brand started be glam sa and it was just about makeup photography basically creativity like mm. as i mentioned earlier growing up 
the aspiration was being American, but in essence, it was just the production value that mm. comes with it and just the experience of it. So I am that person. I'm very creative. I think God was just yeah. the whole time when he, he was creating me. He was like, oh, you want to draw? <laughs> that too. You can <laughs> sing. <laughs> too. You can dance. Yeah. I was just, um, I am that kind of person where in the family, I'm the one who prettifies everything, who, can you help me with my face, my brows, or is my hair fine, or can you take photos, or, you know, I'm just that person. So starting this brand for me was really about having people experience the glam without having to be a celebrity, because it really, at that time, it's like, yo, photo shoot, no ways, it's too expensive. And I'm like, it really isn't. It's about just creating the whole idea and concept and the beauty of it and giving someone that experience. And which is how I came up with the name Be Glam, like mm. Be Glamorous South Africa. I like see. here we are. And in, it was in the beginning phases of everyone coming out. That's when I knew Austin Malema and the photographers and makeup artists. And it quickly just like went so oversaturated. I didn't understand what I was even doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was like, boom. Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> it was kind of tricky as like, I'm now here as the jack of all trades. I can do all things. But like, now where does that put me? Because now, you know, people are, have established themselves in that manner and they've put themselves out there. So I've stuck to that and it was all great. And then it just came to a halt because I was experiencing myself and what I'm going through. And I basically evolved to being about what makes you different is what makes you beautiful, which is how I came to doing makeup. And I started off doing the face baking because it was a thing. Kim K came up with that banana powder. You know, mm-hmm. you got it going on. I mean, exactly. And it was definitely working out. It was great for me in yeah. the sense that I also didn't feel like I was hiding away from my own identity. I was just learning how to do makeup, mm. face baking doing it on someone else, doing the trick dances, just being in that space. So me coming out of that and trying to free myself from how I've caged myself was me not doing the layers of the makeup, the concealing, and then doing, you know, just the process of doing makeup, but more about just enhancing my beauty because that's how I spent my entire life, just mm. doing that lip gloss and the brows and just the skin is great. And now here I am in a place that is so testing for my identity. Mm. So I did that for a couple of years and then I got back into this job that I'm experiencing now, that I'm talking about now, sorry. And yeah, I got there with the energy that I have, like, yo, so this is what's happening. And Edgar's was still around at that time and I was working on that brand. Edgar's Club was my client. And understanding the brand and what is happening in the world was just two completely different things and it was like wow i know about these products and services but not in the way that they want me to know about them and influencing was there and i'm like we're the real people so it was like you know the whole idea of having a campaign and you shoot the photos and then they read edgars and then you go in the shops and you know just traditional marketing and i went into there knowing that things are changing this is what we should be doing And three years later, the brand started doing that. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you know, like catch on earlier. And that process in itself started having me realize that I've outgrown the space that I'm in. And me having the energy and the urge to want to be heard and activate the things that I say are happening. Because it's all talk. It's nice to talk about 
this is what the space is that's what's going on in the space now people are doing this and this is the content they create content and it's good and well to talk about it but can you actually just do it it didn't feel like i was creating meaningful engaging work and i felt it was very possible to happen except they are not ready for it mm -hmm. the world the the companies are not ready for it and my mindset started changing i started evolving as a person the things i was saying were so esoteric to the conversations that are being had in the office and i started just streaming a whole lot of youtube motivational streams <laughs> where because that was the only point in sanity that mm -hmm. i have yeah and i was so grateful for that platform in itself because i was like wow if this platform didn't exist i could have possibly lost my mind and mm -hmm. i'm not even joking my mental health probably would have went off the wire because you're speaking yourself into power into your existence yet there are people that are surrounding you that think it's a joke like well here you are you need some self-help ha 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 and oh. it's really not funny i'm just yeah. trying to make sense of all of this and it was just i felt like i was suffocating so it only made sense for me to let go so i can go and really discover this notion and idea that i have in my mind that every human being on this earth is born with the skills to be successful at living life and doing whatever it is that you choose to do mm. without having to work for anybody else and for me to do that i had to prove it to myself which was leaving my job yes and yeah it was quite hectic i mean my ceo and people were just like but where are you going and who is your new b mm. but you know and i was <laughs> like i'm that b yes it's me it yes. is i i'm the person you're looking for and i'm the person that i'm looking for myself yeah and it was scary because i thought i'm probably going to apply for a job again maybe, <laughs> and be like hey you know with the responsibilities as a mother with the things that i've accumulated thus far how am i going to sustain all of those things do i really need to have a plan how long do I have to stay here until I free myself? And we create these plans as though you have assured the hundred years or the next 10 years of your life. Yes, you can plan it, but you have no assurance of that time. So for me, I'm a very move it now. If you are doing this now, then do it or not. You know, you've got to make that decision. And me choosing to leave was the best decision I had ever made, yeah. really. Um, I had experienced all that I needed to. I had learned all the things that I needed to learn. I was equipped with what I needed to be equipped with. Just being under pressure and knowing my value and knowing what the industry is and what it's about was good enough for me to set myself free and be able to do that. And yeah, that's where I am now. You know, your your journey is so beautiful. And I listen to a lot of Oprah podcasts and content. And the one thing she keeps repeating is, all people really want is to be free like at your highest level all you want is to be free mm -hmm. and i think it's so beautiful how you're courageously pursuing that you're just saying i deserve freedom and i'm going to get it and i'm going to live mm -hmm. it and i'm going to be it 100 i mean wow <laughs> i'm blown away and you're so cool and calm about it you're just like no i'm going to be it free. has to be um, i really honestly believe that you have to enjoy this life thing. Like wherever it is that I'm coming from out of this world, I had to like probably look down and be like, yeah, I want to experience that. It must be great. Where you have free will to create. You have the choice to create. Your mouth and the words that you use have power. You know, your imagination, your being. There's so much, your existence controls your mind. For me, that's like 
a mind-blowing thing that my mind is not what's controlling me and my existence what is this existence that i'm talking about that can do that that is capable of that and it takes time to experience and explore those things and i think people need to understand that because they really do want to evolve quickly you want to i want to be where you are now and it isn't that it's really a process it's really in how you orchestrate and create every moment in experience that you have you can tell me that you are this person Mm -hmm. but i will see your truest version Mm. of yourself and how you articulate and embody yourself within everything else that happens around you how you deal with your pressure points when you're under pressure how you respond to someone who is not understanding what you're saying Mm -hmm. you know do you have that high level of empathy of being able to set someone free from your own perception and your own seeing and value of what the world is if someone is incapable of perceiving that in that way are you okay to set them free and not forcefully try convince them that this is how it is guys I mean, <laughs> this is like a mindset masterclass. What we do, Melo, saying is so crucial. And I think so many of us would rather like fall back on, I need a five-year plan. I need all of these things. We procrastinate our journey to freedom because mm-hmm. we don't want to have those tough conversations with ourselves. That's so profound. I didn't even think we'd be having that conversation today. <laughs> uh, but I'm literally blown away. And if I wish you guys could be here because if you could feel her energy... You would just, it's like a quiet confidence. It's there, but it doesn't interfere with your vibration. She lets you be yourself completely. And that's, that's so powerful. But the light is going down as we can all see. (laughs) So we, we have to close our conversation and I'd like you to close it for us either with a quick song, something quick that you could sing for us or Three tips that you can give the woman who wants to become free. You can choose. Hmm. Okay. I'm willing to give some tips. <laughs> my two cents. I'm willing to drop my two cents on the bottle. Yeah. Um, I think self-awareness is really, really important. It's really important for you to start there and being aware of who you are, what your intentions are. I think there's a lot of pressure in this world that we're living in to have the plans, like you're saying, and know what the next steps are. The next steps are you making the next move. That's what the next steps are. It's about you pouring into yourself, investing in who you are, your identity, and the way you see yourself and choose to be perceived. If you are not pouring into yourself in that manner, how is it that you can expect anybody else to reciprocate mm. in that way? And it's just important to just live your best life. Whatever it is that you feel you should be doing with the purest intention shall definitely come to fruition if it's true. Mm. I don't know how many tips that was. It was two. Two. But they yeah. were loaded. <laughs> so we can say it was ten. It's fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Each of them were loaded, I think. And the last one would definitely just be that again, that... Be open to anything and attached to nothing. So be open to everything, but attached to nothing. And I hold on to that notion because I have no idea how I'm going to look in the next five years. I mean, my skin change was a progression of 10 years from Mm -hmm. 2010 to now that I look this way. It's different for all sorts of people. You could lose your leg because you have diabetes. You could get eczema. You could, there's really all types of possibilities. And it's really important for you to celebrate 
who you are at the present moment, even if you have an idea of how you would love to be in the future. Hmm. Be that person you see yourself to be now. Be open to everything and attached to nothing. And attached to nothing. I think that's the best way to close off this incredible episode. Thank you so much, Dumi, for sharing your energy and your wisdom and your experience and everything with us. Thank you for having me. It's an (laughs) honor. Like I was saying in response to the email that, you know what? I love to find myself in spaces where I'm having meaningful, thoughtful, engaging conversations and not just let's sit and have coffee and just drinks, but like we can do that, but let's do it in the most engaging, impactful way. So to have myself sitting here is an honor. Mm. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. The impact to be like that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a lesson. Come let me teach you a lesson. Never lie with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest.